So, Gunnar, it is now episode 200 Eve. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a, uh, what is it, 200 miss, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. So, are you? do you have any special plans for episode 200? Oh, I plan on, uh, I'm, I'm going to celebrate at home. Um, yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I think, although it, we actually don't have a guest lined up for 200 yet, do we? No, no. I, yeah, I don't know if we'll have one in time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're always open to, uh, suggestions. That's right. We could have uh, Whitehurst come back to a mm-hmm. reprise. Yeah. Uh, we could always, uh, we could see if Paul Cormier was brave enough to come on our new yeah. CEO. That would, try that. that would be fun. Yeah. Um, although we'd have to market explicit. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's quite a, it's an achievement I'm proud of. I mean, we've been uh, just a you know, uh, as Stalin said, quantity has a quality all its own. Uh, mm-hmm. Getting 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 200 episodes out the door is uh, is a uh, is no mean feat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. One episode is a tragedy. Of 200 episodes <laughs> is a statistic, or yeah. That's right. yeah. <laughs> We may have already found the show title in a record time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One episode is a tragedy and 200 episodes is a statistic. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited. Ask me why yeah. I'm excited. Uh, like just beyond on, on top of all the, the episode 200 preparations you're doing. Or, or okay. did you do something in celebration of episode 200? 200. Yeah. In order to, I, I figured, uh, 200 is indeed a milestone that should be mm-hmm. recognized. And so I went out and, uh, and bought myself a new car. Oh, a new yeah. car. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what did you get? Uh, so I got, I, uh, lo- long ago I placed an order for a Tesla model Y and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was shocked to discover that, um, they were, uh, well, that they were shipping it at all. And in fact, they started shipping them early. And they had me scheduled for like mid-July delivery date, which was great for me. That was sooner than I was expecting. And then mm-hmm. I got notice a couple of days ago. Oh, just kidding. It's actually available on the 30th. Um, and so uh, tomorrow uh, I'm going to go out and, uh, and pick it up, which is going to be great. Um, I have to assume this has something to do with the Tesla quarter end. Mm. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, you you need to... Yeah, that'll be interesting. So if what happens if you don't take delivery by uh like midnight tomorrow, do they would that be a bad thing? Like you could hold that yeah. over them. It would be well, it'd be fine for me. Yeah, it might be rough for the for whoever my account rep is, right? Um right. but uh in any case, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited. I got all my documentation in order and uh some way I'll put a link to this in the show notes, but uh a clever bunch of dudes, the kind of person who would buy a Model Y, by the way, uh, up on mm-hmm. GitHub, put a markdown file that is the uh, checklist to look for production issues in your in your new delivery. And so, mm-hmm. and they've very sensibly organized it into things you should check before you accept delivery of the car, and then a list of things that you can check um, in the first 72 hours after you take delivery of the car. So uh, anyway, it's nice. I uh, got a new car, and now I've got some homework. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You should do that every 200 episodes. <laughs> or, yeah. That's right. That's That's good right. Goal. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. How about you? Any, uh, any, any new cars in your future? How are you going to be celebrating? Mm, I don't know. I like the, the weather in Ohio has been just so uncharacteristically great 
um, you know, where it would just like rain at night or rain while I'm working and then be sunny on the weekends and cool. So just getting a lot of motorcycle riding in. So it's, uh, it's very uh, head clearing for me. So I always nice. enjoy it. Oh, that's great. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's awesome. We're, uh, we're enjoying uh, uh, a plume of Saharan dust. Oh, nice. Here, here in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so there, apparently there are large sandstorms in Northern Africa and uh, it has the effect of uh, making things very heavy and hot. Uh, and the sky is, uh, I'm going to describe it as a milky white, just Ooh. a featureless white sky. Uh, wow. it's, a, it's a little weird. And then, uh, but beautiful sunrises and sunsets, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, not, I mean, otherwise the weather's great, but uh, it's a little weird. Um, kind of, you know, the way your body reacts, it's a little bit like uh, you're always waiting for a thunderstorm. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. It's, it's yeah. that same crazy quality of light. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. yeah and you were saying you're getting some uh, thunder that we may hear some uh, during the show. Yeah. If you're lucky, you'll hear some, uh, mm-hmm. you'll hear some, some genuine Texas thunder. Yep. All right. Well, uh, so what do we got on the show, uh, Dave? Well, uh, we're going to, this is going to be a lot of, a lot about, uh, communication. So, um, uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, communicating through masks. Uh, we're going to be communicating through light bulbs. Mm-hmm. We're going to be communicating through tiny capacitive membranes connected to small core wavelength antennae. And, um, we're also going to be communicating through nuclear semiotics. Oh, I like that. The nuclear semiotics. I'm really, I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who doesn't like semiotics in general? Yeah. That I don't know. Nobody I know. Nobody I know. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But to uh, uh, learn more about uh, communication skills, get a copy of your checklist. Uh, where mm-hmm. do we need to send them? Uh, folks should visit uh, dgshow.org. Uh, so that's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. And, uh, and while they're there, they can check out the cutting room floor. Dave. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we got... Um, yeah, so we got some good stuff there. Uh, it's really it's about AI replacing people and um, the resulting demise of celebrity. Is if if we were to summarize the cutting room floor, um, nice. Yeah, so we got um, so we saw some videos before of uh, um, you know or some music right of like uh, of you know feeding in music from Frank Sinatra and getting Frank Sinatra music coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a guy that has uh, taken all the lyrics from like Metallica or Red Hot Chili Peppers or ACDC and has made uh, new songs out of them. And then he created music videos and he sang and performed. He created the music himself, I guess, but also sang and performed all the instruments. So, um, but my favorite of of them is um, uh, the Red Bot Chili Peppers uh, song, (laughs) Tool Shed. It is great. It is. It's an egregious abuse of Markov chains. Uh, and it is also really funky. It's going to, it's, it is. Oh, I'm singing along to it. And, you know, <laughs> it, you know, you would think that it's, you know, it's it, like, seriously, you could put it on the radio right now and people would be like, Oh, they got a new song out. And it's like, Oh, this is rocking. And it's yeah. like, great. And it's, it makes absolutely no sense. It's just like, a, you know, just like a regular red hot chili pepper song. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. The, uh, uh, I was thinking, uh, I was, uh, if they had done that with, uh, Smash Mouth, 
mm. you know, created an entire corpus of uh, every Smash Mouth song and then uh, mm-hmm. fed it into the into the machine. And then uh, I, I have a guess of what would come out the other side. Mm. Uh, Walking on the Sun by uh, by Smash Mouth. It would be. It mm. would, it, it, <laughs> It would be an identity, right? Just it yes. just, it's it's a closed system. <laughs> identity property, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. So the um, and then the other thing is there's I guess there's a, a site called Cameo where you could pay these guys and they know celebrities that will do. They'll send you a custom Instagram video clip or or whatever uh, mm-hmm. from, from you know you pick the celebrity, but in this world we live in now of uh, video calls. And if you don't get enough video calls, you can actually do um, zoom uh, video calls with your favorite celebrities. <laughs> maybe, maybe not your favorite celebrities. Well, yeah, the, the, your favorite celebrities within your price range. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I was, you and I were looking over the menu over there. I think, uh, I, I'm just waiting for an opportunity to get a Gilbert Gottfried uh, yeah. into a into a Zoom call. I think that would be 150 great. bucks. What, what I yeah, it's um, yeah, that's that's a good deal. Or uh, for twice that price, you could you could uh, double up and go with uh, Andrew Dice Clay, um, <laughs> and then uh, Sinbad. If you want to go on the other end of the spectrum, 65 bucks. <laughs> this. That was rough. Because <laughs> yep. you know what they say about prices? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a value discovery, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hundred fifty yeah. for Sinbad, or sixty-five bucks for Sinbad. Especially if it's relative, right? Of yeah. like, yeah, you're worth, uh, well, you're worth two uh, two Sinbads, or you yeah. know, exactly. You're I don't worth know what, half yeah. of an Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, exactly. I don't even. I don't know what world we're living in where Andrew Dice Clay is worth five Sinbads. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. I disagree. Yep. All right. So what's uh what do what have we got in the mailbag, Dave? Oh yeah, yeah, we got some more viewer mail. Um, so this this one comes from uh, one of our international uh, listeners, uh, Jason Barton. And uh, so he's an essay out on the government team up in uh, Canada. So um, I'll read what he was writing here. And and so he was saying that I was laughing inside about how you're on one team in just yourselves influences me and spends time with me and how so many people are now the radio shows and TV shows of the past now coming into my home, except for now, your presence is letting me live a more uh, well balanced and richer life. I don't listen on the front porch or the pool because I'm so dedicated to my work uh, that I got to get it all. So basically he was saying that it's like, instead of like listening to podcasts and stuff, um, you know, just to get it all in and doing it while he's cleaning his pool or whatever, he didn't feel that. Um, And going back to what he was saying, it's like, I do it because I like it all. And uh, so my life is richer and more manageable and I'm a better dad and provider. And I even get, to approach something resembling competence, and that's frankly a bit out of my league, uh, but I aspire to, all while feeling like there are people like yourselves making an effort to allow me to savor rather than uh, having to gorge on it. And that's a luxury. So thanks. My life is better for it. And I guess that's what I really wanted to say. That is super nice. Yeah. That is really nice. And that, Dave, is why we have done this 199 times. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's for our yeah, and and this is why. Um, uh, how how many of us are worth one Sinbad, or is that like a divide by zero? <laughs> it's, yeah, that's right. For what people are paying for this, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. Yes. So thank you, Jason. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, glad to uh, glad that you enjoy it. I, I would be interested to know if you listen at two x or uh, if you go to Savor it. Do you listen at point five x? That's what I do. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm listening at 0.5x right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, moving right along. Uh, so, you know, the, just a little bit of follow-up is that you remember when we talked about how Zoom's uh, end-to-end com- uh, encryption was going to be for paying subscribers only. Now they changed to uh, um, trial it with even their, their free tier starting in July because I guess there was some pushback from, you know, uh, people that were like, oh, what about the dissidents and whatnot? And uh, and and I guess they're going to also put in some uh, more checks and balances in terms of of having people uh, authenticate and validate themselves. And, you know, it's it's really it's about, you know, preventing people from abusing the service. Right, right. Well, and I know that Bruce Schneier uh, was pretty vocal in his opposition to it. And um, listen, if they if they figured out how to make the how to make the business work while uh, still making encryption available to everybody, uh, that's great. Good for them. Yep. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. And if it's um, if it is, you know, it it'll be uh, it would be interesting to know how that works. If it's more of a if it is more of a peer to peer thing, would that actually lower the you know since it's the video isn't going back to a mothership. Mm-hmm. Would it um, be distributed better? But I don't know. Um, it'd be fun to learn. Yeah, yeah. So how how about your uh, your face mask? I mean, we we've been we haven't. Uh, what's going on with uh, your face mask? Are you are you still into that? Collecting them, or, yeah. or have you settled on a particular favorite one? Or, or no, anything still like that? still collecting face masks. Um, I uh, I have a set with a. Uh, I got a, my most recent acquisition is a set with a, a bunch of one way valves on them. Oh, right. Uh, which I'm conflicted about now because uh, the one-way valves are uh, not super effective for what I want them to do, which is not fog up my glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also I was reading that the one-way valves uh, actually interfere with the point of the mask, which is to not breathe on people. And, uh, of course, if you've got a one-way exhale valve, then, well, that's not the point, right? Yes. Um, yes. So, but uh, but plot twist uh, you actually put a filter in those masks with the one-way valves in them and, uh, and it will filter. And then, you know, your, your, your exhale breath gets filtered through three or four layers of fabric before it ends up going out the valve. But nobody outside of you knows that that's happening. Okay. So it's a, it's a, so it's an expectations game. It's like, am I making people feel safe or am I demonstrating my safety or am I demonstrating uh, how naive I am about how masks work? Uh, and I, uh, anyway, it's it's it it falls in on itself. It's very complicated. Um, so I'm now uh, I'm now going back to uh, just basic, just a basic cotton mask that I'm enjoying. Um, although I am in the market for more masks. So Dave, mm-hmm. are there are there other uh, are there other options available to me? Yeah. So well, one of the I guess there's problems with the whole mask thing going on now, right? Where it's really uh, there there for some people that are you know, that they can't hear very well and they, they want to uh, lip read, um, you know, masks are like near impossible to, to lip read, right? 
um, because you can't see. Yep. And you know, there there have been other masks where they would put in like the clear plastic, uh, which would be helpful, but you really can't breathe through it. It's not not porous. Um, and the other part that people talked about is uh, baby development of like if you are you know you have babies and and you want them to develop and you don't see the facial expressions from the parent, are they going to develop differently? And so um, what there there's a uh, some folks that came up with a thing called Hello Masks that um, where um, it's it looks like uh, a very sheer sort of like almost like like a pantyhose sort of looking thing like, or like mesh sort of thing. Sure. Um, so you could see through it. And it's the fibers are 100 nanometers apart. Uh, so it's uh, small enough to filter out the viruses and bacteria, but large enough to breathe through. And it's 99% uh, biomass derived and uh, biodegradable. That sounds great. I'm into that. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that, that was like, it was an interesting uh, concept, especially for, you know, like I, I could imagine the, you know, even like the like the service industry, right? Where you know you go to look at a flight attendant, and it's like you you can't see their facial expression or whatever. Um, you know, this kind of makes it better. But are you? How, what's the mask situation and where you're at? Is are there like people that are just flagrantly not wearing masks, or is or what's how's that? How's that? Yeah, working? it's a uh, not great. The situation is not great. Um, we have a. Uh, a while back, our governor decided to uh, rest uh, discretion on the mask issue from all of our mayors. Uh, and so now the mask policy is being set at the state level. And uh, so our mayor is now uh, uh, recommend that people uh, that people oh. wear masks. He can't actually mandate masks being worn. But just recently we had a plot twist. And, you know, mayors are all upset about this. Dallas, Houston, Austin, they're all writing letters to the governor saying, like, why won't you give us the ability? You know, we're in the population centers. We're not in West Texas, you know, on the desert. Uh, like, we need to put these rules in place. And uh, the governor hadn't done anything until a couple days ago. The governor said, oh, uh, well, we're, we can't mandate mask use for individuals, but we can uh, force businesses to compel the use of masks. Okay. Which is not an infringement of liberty, apparently, Dave. Uh, okay. so that's exciting. Um, and a lot of the mayors are wondering why they weren't told about this six weeks ago, but okay. Uh, so yeah, we're cracking new legal technology on the, uh, mask mandate <laughs> over here in Texas. Um, anyway, the result is that people are getting a lot of mixed messages. Um, and, uh, you know, as soon as I think, uh, as soon as the bars opened around here, um, yeah. everyone just took that to mean that everything was okay mm -hmm. and there are no laws now and everything is permissible. So uh, as a result, we have uh, the uh, the highest positivity rate on testing uh, in the world right now. So that's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's similar here, right, where it's like you want to try to do the right thing. But I, I think that um, I don't think people understand that it's like it's uh, pe I, maybe people treat it as like a liberty thing. But it's it's like to me, it's like public health and yeah. especially with family members that are at risk. Right. That, yeah. that it's like, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I have issues with it, especially when like I was in a um, uh, convenience store and um, 
you know, they even had a sign on the door, and this is in Pennsylvania, saying that uh, masks are required. And it's like, oh, great. And I go in there. Everybody that's working there is wearing masks. But I would say like 80% of the people, of the customers were not. Yeah. And, you know, and it was like, I, you know, I went to the the, the website of the convenience store and I, I said, hey, well, I saw this going on. And um, the lady replied and said that, well, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, there are a lot of people that uh, they may not be able to wear masks for medical reasons. And <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, okay. And, and, but really 80%. And, and the thing I told her, it's like, well, if, you know, if you're making that your policy and you have that on the door and that policy is optional, then all your policies are optional. Right. Yeah, that's right. People walk in there without shoes on. Without shirts right. on. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, totally agree. I just don't know why this is, I don't know. I honestly don't know why this is so hard. It's like you wear seatbelts. Uh, and uh, well, actually, I think the the, the, the blowback from the seatbelt laws in the 70s was probably pretty similar. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, this is something you do for other people. It's not something you do for you. And uh, the other side of liberty is responsibility. So yep. wear the mask. Especially these, especially these fetching semi-transparent masks made of the 100 nanometer material. This is pretty cool. They look great. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, you look great. You could express yourself. <laughs> you could you know, show off your smile or, or, you know, all that. Yeah. 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 So meanwhile, we haven't talked about uh, the, the air gap jumping folks at uh, Ben Gurion University in a while. <laughs> we haven't. We haven't. They've been, they've been busy. Yeah, they're back in the news. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, they have a new thing called Lamp Phone. <laughs> Great. I, yeah. already I already love it. Yeah, yeah. So um, so they have, they, they did, uh, so they figured out that if you place, um, you know, if you have a room with a light bulb in it and you point a camera at the light bulb, like a very sensitive camera, mm-hmm. it can detect vibrations of that light bulb and use those vibrations to um, to uh, turn those vibrations back into speech. It's great. It's great. That's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. And so, you know, and they, you know, in, in the very, you know, they didn't use a drone this time, but, you know, to make it like, I guess, plausible, mm-hmm. you know, they, they did it from, I think it was 85 feet away where, you know, they actually used a telescope. And they put, you know, a, a camera up against a telescope and they were able to uh, eavesdrop from, uh, yeah, 82 feet away. Wow. And, and uh, yeah. So, you know, the, the how they were, you're able to defeat that? Uh, close the blinds? Yes, that's one way. Um, <laughs> a lampshade is another one. <laughs> so, Yeah. And and they said that I guess not every light bulb, uh, you know, who knows if it's like you know the the fluorescent long tubes and all mm-hmm. that or whatever. Um, but it's pretty creative to be able to do that. So if yeah. if you don't want the man listening in on you, just you know get you know use a lampshade, turn the lights out, uh, close the blinds, all that. That's great. Hey, another uh, another hit from the Wiley Coyote School of eavesdropping at Ben Gurion University. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and. And probably, like, have you ever heard about the thing? Uh, the John Carpenter movie, of course. You mean? No, no, oh. no, no. Not, not the superhero dude. Um, so there's, there's, um, 
there was a listening device. So when I read about this uh, light phone thing, it reminded me of something that I saw in the National uh, uh, Cryptological Museum, and mm-hmm. you know that's right next to uh, uh, the NSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the displays is a, is this thing called the thing, and um, it was actually a gift. So it was this this large um, uh, plaque. Uh, or this, you know, this large wooden carving that you would put on the wall that the Russians gave to um, the embassy in the United States. And it was the uh, crest of the United States, uh, you know, a nice, uh, you know, carved out, um, you know, the, the, um, of the eagle with the shield and the olive mm-hmm. branch and the arrows and everything. And right. it was a really nice gift, right? Give it to yeah. them. And they hung it on their wall and uh, it wound up being a listening device. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, and and so this was invented by. Um, uh, let's see, it's. I think make sure I get his right first name right. It's uh, yeah, Leon Theremin. Oh, of the Theremin musical instrument. Same guy. Um, he oh. also uh, apparently does uh, bugging devices as well uh, <laughs> for the KGB. Yeah. And so, um, so the way it works is that. This listening device, it has no electrical electronic parts in it at all. And the way it works is that you point uh, like this radio receiver at this thing, you know, so you go through the window, you hit the, um, you know, with the radio waves, you, you hit this wooden carving. It will, the radio frequencies will stimulate a, um, it will it will stimulate uh, um, uh, so um, uh, it will like so basically sound waves uh, pass through the the wooden case striking the membrane will cause it to vibrate and the movement will be seen by an antenna that's inside of it and when you hit that with radio waves those uh, radio waves will get cast back to the the sender and you're able to listen in on what's going on in that room that's great. That's great. That is yeah. super cool. And like, and and so they they have where you could open it up and you you could see it in the. I have links in the show notes. You could check it out. But there's not much to it, and it's like amazing, like everything that went into that, um, you know, to make that happen. But I, I remember reading about it in you know one of the uh, I don't know if it was a Puzzle Palace or one of those James Bamford books, right? <laughs> and where. You know the the embassy was like, how we're being bugged? What's, I don't know how we're doing it or how they're doing it. And you know, it's like, what's going on? And they they it, they spent forever trying to figure it out, and they they ultimately did. Um, but it's it's pretty amazing. That is amazing. That's great. Although, don't you think the first place they would look is any gifts from this from the Soviet government? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if they X-rayed it, um, and you probably would have found it. Um, right. But it's like, hey, I got this whole solid solid wooden thing. Um, you know, and but it wasn't really hollow, or I mean, it really wasn't uh, solid. So, right, right, yeah, yeah. I guess. No, but I, I agree. You know, it's like, yeah, let's let's just put that in the lobby or something. Like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, or regift it to the Soviet ambassador. <laughs> right. Yeah, or give it to the Cubans or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, East Germany. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a fun thing. Now, uh, have you ever been to the National Cryptologic Museum? 
No, you know, I never made it. I never made it there all the whole time I lived in DC. I always wanted oh. to go. Yeah, highly recommend it. It's like, you know, they have an old cray there. They have like all kind of stuff. It's like they have Enigma machines that you could type on. It's all kind of fun. Highly recommend it. That's great. That's great. Yep. Um, yeah, but uh, nuclear semiotics. Have, have you uh, uh, done much with uh, semiotics before? So here's what I know about about, about the uh, the nuclear semiotics is uh, I remember we may even have done uh, done a bit on this in a previous episode about the um, uh, the competition to indicate the presence of nuclear waste uh, to uh, to people ten thousand years in the future or a hundred thousand years in the future. Mm-hmm. I, and, I don't know if we talked about it, but it's it's bound to be. We will now. Uh, and and I remember uh, I remember there was a the. the I don't know if it was the winning submission to this contest, but um, it was certainly the most striking one. It was uh, what I can only describe as uh, uh, so the entire site, nuclear waste site, would be surrounded by these monoliths that look like uh, black thorns sticking up out of the ground um, as a way of saying, as a very effective way of signaling stay away uh, without relying on, you know, any given language. Uh, right. And so I thought that I, I remember that I have a very vivid picture of that in my mind. Um, but, uh, but here we're going to go deeper into the actual, as you say, the semiotics of, of, uh, of nuclear power. Yeah. So what, so let's just go back a little bit. So why, why, uh, what, what are semiotics and what, why, why do we need them for nuclear stuff? Well, the semiotics is the study of uh, study of symbols, right? Mm-hmm. The, yep. the, the sign and the, the sign and the signifier, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and and for nuclear, um, you know, you have uh, nuclear waste or fallout or you know, radiated places that uh, um, you know you don't want people to go. But you know, ten thousand years from now, who knows if you know if English is going to be around or you know how can you communicate that there is something there that is dangerous? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so uh, so Sandia they uh, came up with a report to communicate several messages non linguistically, um, and you know they they came up with um, some examples, right? Um, but anyhow, um, you know they they had some interesting drawings, like like one of the drawings, and this is from the Wikipedia page. It kind of looks like like an I don't know like a, like like a battle zone slash space invaders. No, not space invaders. Um, uh, asteroid sort of like vector drawn graphic yep. game, yep. you know, and, and you got these things falling down a hole and yep. it's guy falling over. Um, so yeah, so that's fun. I, th- um, I think, I think what this, what this illustrates for those of you who, uh, who are not looking at it right now, it, it best illustrates the difficulty in trying to, <laughs> in trying to indicate <laughs> complex information, uh, without being able to rely on language. Yeah, it's like you dig the hole, you dig the hole a little bit more, you dig it the whole way down, you hit the nuclear repository, and then bad stuff starts flying up. And then <laughs> right. um, the guy that dug the hole is like falling over with, I guess, X's over his eyes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So. It's Yeah, it's basically indicating nuclear apocalypse in four acts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And then... Um, and then there's other ones of like, you know, like the radiation symbol and the biohazard symbol and stuff, which, you know, I, I don't know how, I don't know how that would, if that would survive thousands of years, like, I don't, 
this, those aren't like really obvious signs, but um, but they have like pictures of faces of in pain and all that. But um, the, my favorite ones are the there's a, a tweet where um, they did the uh, live laugh love version of the semiotics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you want to read it? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, here I go. <clears throat> um. In this house, this is not a place of honor. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. Nothing is valued here. What is here is dangerous and repulsive. The danger is in a particular location. The danger is still present in your time. This place is best left shunned and uninhabited. <laughs> but it's but it's done in a style that you would think would be hanging like in a beach house. <laughs> like it's like yeah. it's like written on a piece of driftwood. <laughs> it's all cursive and yeah, nice pretty right. fonts. And, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I think it makes a great housewarming present for people. <laughs> That's right. Certainly more fun than live, laugh, love. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's great. All right. So if, if you want to uh, savor uh, the, the things that we talked about today, Gunnar, um, mm -hmm. and, and you want to listen to this at, at 0.5x, check out the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers tool, tool shed and um, maybe do a couple semiotics of your own. Uh, where, where should we send them? You should go to dgshow.org. Nice. You didn't, yeah, you, you didn't do the pitch correction. <laughs> no, I didn't, no. <laughs> yeah. so if you did, you would sound like drunk. It's in beta. No, that's for, yeah. paying, that's for paying subscribers only. Yeah, right, right. That's <laughs> yeah. the premium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how we get you. All right. All right. Well, Thanks, Gunnar. Thanks, Jason, for the the uh, the viewer mail, and we'll catch everybody next time. Yeah. Bye, Dave. Bye, everyone.